Welcome to Farscape Friday, episode 40. I'm Kay, here with my co-host, Taz. Hello! Today we'll be discussing the 18th episode of season 2, A Clockwork Nabari. Let's get started. Welcome back. Here's a quick summary of A Clockwork Nabari. After fleeing a scrape that Chiana got them into, Aaron and Rigel show up on Moya mind-cleansed with a Nabari commander in tow. As she systematically takes apart the crew, Chiana examines her past to try and figure out why the Nabari want her so badly. Oh my heart. This episode. So it's pretty much all about Chiana and I love it. And it's also about Chiana and her relationship with her brother, which is paralleled by her relationship with John that we get to see in this episode. And it's just so good. The backdrop we get to hear is the Nabari, and it opens up the world about the Nabari that we haven't had in a long time. And there's this whole new depth to the Nabari that we learned about their brainwashing, how it works, about their empire, which is called the established, led by the establishment, and also about the establishment's plans for expansion and how it all fits together into the greater galaxy. And we learn more about Neri, who is now a leader in the Resistance, and not quite as dead as Chiana thought he was. <laughs> I know, poor Chiana. Because as soon as she figures out that they want Neri, there's this really great scene where she kind of is like, well, he's dead, so you can use me all you want, but you can't have him. And then it's like, nope, he's, he's alive. alive. <laughs> yeah. And the emotional whiplash of that for Chiana, it's... It's heart-wrenching to watch what she goes through in this episode because she clearly loves him so much. We saw her grieving for him during Taking the Stone, and you can see their connection. We even get a flashback scene between the two of them, and it's just oh, it's so hard to watch Chiana go through all this emotional turmoil. Yeah, yeah. I think that one of the great things this episode does is it, it also answers the question, well, why didn't she tell them this earlier? And we have some we have a nice quote about that. But it's I think that Chiana is one of those characters that when she was first introduced, it was definitely kind of to contrast Aaron as Chiana is the sex kitten and Aaron is, you know, the badass warrior. And here we get more backstory. And we also and it just feels like it's really fleshing out a character that could have been a stereotype. Yeah. Well, originally she was brought on also to be a one shot and then dead. Then the, the showrunners liked her so much and Durka returns, which is where Chiana and the Nabari are introduced and the mind cleansing is introduced, that they kept her and made her her own character. She's one of those people, because she is the sex kitten, because she's all about fun and sex and living in the moment, that sometimes you forget that she has a past, that she comes from somewhere, and part of her persona is trying to run from that past because it was so awful and terrible and the things that she went through, being on the run, losing her brother, all those things, being in a culture that wants to take away her personality, you know, that's that's all very awful stuff to want to get away from. Yeah, and the more I think about it, season two has really been strong in terms of taking these characters that we got to know a lot and really giving them depth like we had that with Aaron and Pilot in the way we weren't and we had it with John in Won't Get Fooled Again where we get that whole backstory with his mom there is a lot going on here and then we also get some good for some good notes for Chiana because here Chiana 
is really given the chance to to show who she is, to show the kind of character she wants to be. Yeah, and actually, the more I think about it, we got we also had a nice Dargo. We got more Dargo backstory and Vetus Mortis. Mm-hmm. And season two has been really strong in terms of taking characters that we knew in season one and just giving us a much deeper perspective on who they are. Yeah, yeah. That's one reason I love this season so much. So this episode begins with John and Shiana coming back to Moya, and we don't know exactly what happened down on the planet. They were looking for information on Dargo's son and the slave auction that he's being sold in, and John and Shiana come back. And one of the things I love about this episode, Clockwork Nabari, so much is how their relationship is really highlighted, because it's really the strong relationship that carries this entire episode with it. And I just want to play that that first initial contact they have because it's really great. Hey, are you so angry at me? <laughs> Try it out. What do you think? Look, I got information on the slave auctions, didn't I? Quit tripping me. Doggo will be happy. Dargo's not going to be happy if he finds out how you got the information. Dargo won't care how I got the information as long as I help him find his son. Chana, my little trollop, he will care. Look, you needn't worry, okay? I can look after myself. Yes, yes, I know. You can kick, kiss, and cry your way out of any situation. I just wish you'd stop getting into them. You know, we barely got your ass out of there before that guy and his buddies turned nasty. You're just crying because we're known a jammed. Hey. Winona has been very reliable. It's not her fault that she jammed. And Aaron and Rigel had to stay behind to cover our asses. You can bet they're going to be really cranked when they get back. Look, Aaron can yell at me as much as she likes. You need to hope that Aaron only yells. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that because you can... There's this really playfulness to them even though they're arguing and like Chiana's trying to trip John up and he's like quit tripping me and the back and forth between them is very familial like they aren't brother and sister and they sometimes have this weird sexual thing going on but that it is kind of a brother sister relationship that they're developing that that kind of tone to the relationship that they have and I just love all the little notes in there like you know Aaron's gonna be mad at you you better watch out <laughs> you know, mom or big sister's coming home and she's going to whoop your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the implication is like, Aaron going to kick your ass, girl. <laughs> but I love that. Okay, this is the first time that we've heard John refer to his gun as Winona. Mm-hmm. So I keep that in mind. I love that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, ah, John is calling Winona by it. Winona. I'm so excited. And then. I I don't know. I think I just do like this implication that even though now she has other options, Chiana always falls back to the way that she's always done it in terms of getting information, getting what she needs from people. Like the implication was kind of that, you know, she did it in a way that she'd done it before she was on the Moya crew of maybe, you know, cozying up to them or yeah, definitely (laughs) naughty. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and I love that John is like, you know, Dargo is not going to be happy with that because he knows Dargo and he knows how Dargo is and the relationship that Chiana and Dargo have, have together. And John understands that Dargo will be upset that Chiana is cozying up to people and using her body and all the sexual wiles that she has at her disposal in order to get information, whereas Chiana still doesn't quite get that disconnect yet. I mean, I think she does and she doesn't, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think that it's a nice callback to the locket. 
because in the locket, we had that moment where Chiana essentially told Dargo, you can't change me. I'm not going to change for you. But then they both forgot it. So yeah. it kind of reminds us as viewers that that problem is still there. And I think that those more serious Chiana and Dargo get about each other, the more obvious that problem is going to become. Yeah, and not only that, but in the locket, they did sort of kind of address it, even though they didn't resolve it. There at least was the awareness came up again, but because they lost their memories, as you just said, they, they are no longer aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're kind of back in the place of Chiana being like, Dargo won't care. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, honey, she's going to care. He's going to care a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is like a good back and forth. And and I think that definitely keeping in mind that that is the brother-sister relationship that Chiana and John have. Because I think that this episode is the first time we get to see Chiana and Neri interact. I think that that interaction is much di- more different. It's much different yeah. than... It's, it's almost a little bit less accusatory, kind of. It's a little bit less where they they don't seem to call each other as much on their sh- on their dren yeah yeah well i think well with neary so what happens is a little bit later let's go ahead and talk about it we get a flashback of neary and shiana together and shiana's going through a detox of a contagion and we'll go more into what that is but she has this sexually transmitted disease she's getting rid of it and she's in a lot of pain and and Neri is like taking care of her. And I feel like that's the core of his and Chiana's relationship throughout their lives and still true here is that their relationship is about Neri taking care and protecting Chiana because she is his little sister. And that is his job is to take care of her. It's very Sam and Dean in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Whereas with John, it's a much more equitable relationship in terms of it. Like Chiana won't always he wants to protect Chiana. He tried to protect her in taking the stone, but as a consequence of taking the stone, he realized, no, he has to let her do it on her own. He ha- she has to be able to go out, prove things to herself, do things on her own. And she's shown that she can do that. I mean, she's shown that she can take care of other people, too. But like we have the Zan episode, Dream a Little Dream, when she and Rigel... Chiana was really the one stepping up to take responsibility of taking of getting Zan home, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a growth there that she never got to have with, with Neri that she did get to have with John that has happened over mm-hmm. the course of this season. Yeah, and I think it really gets at something fundamental in this episode, which is when John first met her, his response was kind of commit. You know, you have to have some skin in the game for this to work. Mm -hmm. And I think that with Neri, Neri is constantly pushing Chiana away and he's constantly trying to coddle her, you know, and his whole thing is kind of like, no, don't put any skin in the game. I will protect you from ever having to put skin in the game. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of a difference in their relationship. Because so what happens is right after John is essentially telling Chiana, Aaron's going to come home and your ass is going to be red girl. Um, Aaron shows up and she's smiling and it's not our normal brilliant Aaron soon, the radiant Aaron soon smile. Oh no, it's not. It is creepy smile. It's creepy Aaron smile. And she's like, Oh, I'm not mad at you, Chiana. I'm just happy. You're all right. 
Chiana eventually notices that Aaron doesn't have a pulse pistol. She's like, this is really creepy and weird. And John is like, the same way. And they're trying to play it cool and walk off. And meanwhile, Rigel has come and he's also acting out of character. And as you heard in the clip, John's gun, Winona, is jamming and does not fire correctly. So they get zapped when the Nabari come out, revealing themselves to have mind cleansed Aaron and Rigel and are now going to take over Moya. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Nabar- this Nabari named Varla, she's like covered in blue blood. It's really creepy. She's, I think that whereas, uh, I'm trying to remember, do you remember the Nabari from Durka Returns? Solace. Solace. I think that whereas Solace just seemed like completely cold and in control, Varla really strikes me as like, I don't know, the commander that's lived on the rough edge of the universe. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she's on edge and about to crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she's on the surface under control, but right below the surface, there is churning emotion that she's not supposed to have and probably doesn't know how to deal with very well because of the whole Nabari culture. And she's covered in blood. And there's another Nabari with her who eventually comes aboard. His name is Milak. He's her subordinate or lieutenant. I Something below her. I don't know if he actually has a rank or not. Yeah, because they lost their entire crew. Essentially, he's the only one yeah. left. Yeah, they were their ship was attacked by a peacekeeper patrol, which becomes important later. So the two of them come aboard. They have Aaron and Rigel in, under their control already, and they are basically able to stun John and Chiana immediately and take over the ship. They catch Dargo and Zan by surprise. So that's when we have John and Dargo and Chiana locked up in a cell together while one by one they are going to be taken away to be mind cleansed. And this is where Chiana is chained up and she's not going to undergo this process because this is where we learn how mind cleanse affects Nabaris differently from aliens. So with the aliens, it's drug-induced. And it's this really, really gross process by which they pulled the eyeballs out of the head. And oh my God, Ugh. were you surprised by that again? Because I sure was. I had completely <laughs> forgotten that. I, I like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh no, I remember this. And it's gross. <laughs> I mean, it, I remembered it, but I didn't remember like how disturbing it is to watch. It's really, really gross. It's, I'd, I'd completely forgotten it. And then as soon as I saw it, it was surprising. And then it, it also reminded me of kind of that visceral shock from DNA Mad Scientist when I was rewatching, where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, eyeballs. And I don't know what it is about eyes. I think eyes. it's just they're so delicate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, they have this they have this contraption. They have this contraption that pulls out eyeballs, and then they stick these little patches with have the drug in them on the optic nerve. And then, then uh, anyway, it's really, really disturbing. And that's how they mind cleanse everybody. So the people who are not mind cleansed are pilot mm-hmm. because the mental capacity of pilots is so complex that their bodies naturally fight off the drugs. So he just has a collar on him. So everyone gets outfitted with an acid collar too, or a shock mm-hmm. collar. I think pilots is an acid one and it's some weird combination. Yeah. Hand wavy, hand wavy. And then Dargo is next. And so while Dargo is getting mind cleansed, and Zan has already been cleansed as well, this is where John and Shiana have a real heart-to-heart, because since Shiana's Nabari, she won't be mind cleansed immediately. Their process is different for doing it on their own people. 
and it takes 100 cycles. And this is where we get that flashback with Neri, because the big question that we have is why are these Nabari after Chiana? Like, Chiana's a nobody, right? Mm-hmm. Why is she suddenly so important? Because she's clearly very important to Varla and Milak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, what I really like is that there's kind of two confrontations that they have with Chiana. There's one with Dargo in the room where essentially that he and John, because Chiana is chained to the ceiling, much in the way that Dargo used to be chained, except mm-hmm. she's chained by her arms to the ceiling. And essentially John and Dargo are like, why do they want you so badly? And Chiana's like, I have no idea. I don't know. And they think she's lying. And then... They take away Dargo and John kind of gets at her again and is like, well, why do they want you so badly? And she's like, I really don't know. And he's like, that's fine. You can have secrets just until they, you know, you can keep your <laughs> secrets until they come and mind wipe me. And he's really, he's really mad at her. And you can yeah. kind of see that like him pushing her that way is something that Neri wouldn't really do. And it's not even something I think that Dargo does because Dargo always strikes me kind of as so like accusatory you know mm-hmm. so much like you can be better Chiana and John's put like and that's the way that Dargo pushes her whereas when John pushes her it always feels like it always feels like family like mm-hmm. like I feel like Dargo's love is sometimes conditional whereas John's is always kind of like this is unconditional but I still don't think you're doing a good thing yeah John is like I love you but you're wrong <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Dargo's like, Dargo's like, I love you. Don't be wrong, please. And John's mm-hmm. is like, I love you, but you're so wrong. <laughs> yeah. And that's when we learn that Chiana was aware of this contagion. So John and Chiana have a conversation a little bit more about why she left and how she left Nabari Prime. Your own people infected you with some kind of disease. Neri. Me. Hundreds like us. Maybe thousands. In the routine physical examination they so generously gave us. And they knew that you'd go out and transmit it. How did you... um... Through corner contact. Neri and I were young. We did an admirable job for them. Jenna. Why didn't you tell us about this before? That my people were planning to throw over as much of the galaxy as they could. You barely let me stay aboard where as it was. Ah. Oh. So there's this mm-hmm. contagion that they are intentionally let go from Nabari Prime as nonconformists to spread through sex to the rest of the galaxy. But what gets me about that quote is John asking, why didn't you tell us that before? And on the, there's a couple things with that that are just like, John, she doesn't have to tell you everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. And the other thing is, like, I don't understand why it would be relevant for, like, everyday life. Like, sure, you know, what's she going to do? Bring it up in conversation and say, oh, by the way, the only reason I'm out here is because I had a sexually transmitted disease that I was given by my people spread around the rest of the galaxy. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. 
I think, yeah, there's a couple things there, too. I, I like the idea that that both Neri and Chiana were equally spreading around this disease. Mm-hmm. Because I think that in the the Budong episode, there Home was... Home on the Remains. In Home on the Remains, yeah. There was some question as to whether or not Neri agreed with her. Because we were kind of supposed to contrast Dargo's behavior with Neri's. You know, when she when Chiana was like, I had a brother and I don't need another one. So I think that here it does kind of make it clear that she and Neri were equally promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though he was protective of her, he was still engaging in a lot of similar behavior. Mm-hmm. And also it kind of, I, I like the way that it, it portrays young Nabari as, as kind of all these, you know, sensual creatures. Because then it, it makes Chiana... Not like I want her to be less unique, but it also makes her less weird within the context of her own people. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it also emphasizes her her youngness. I mean, human young people are also largely promiscuous and thinking about sex all the time if they're not acting on it. So it, it makes it feel more of a universal story mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Also, I love at the end where she's like, you barely let me stay on board Moya as it is. And I'm like, yeah, legit. When when she first came on board, there was lots of times that they were like, well, you can leave anytime you want if you don't want to obey our rules. And I'm like, why would somebody that always felt like their place was contingent on them behaving a certain way all of a sudden reveal their deepest, darkest secret to you? Yeah, yeah. It's funny you put it that way because it's like Nabari culture was also all about obeying the rules too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Moya's crew certainly plays fast and ro- loose with their own rules and they don't have a captain or anything like that. But at the same time, they still do have kind of a set of guidelines. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking Pirates of the Caribbean pirate guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Suggestions. Suggestions. Not, not hard and fast. <laughs> <laughs> but they're there, you know. There's, they have they have developed norms of living together because that's what you do in a small group. You you mm-hmm. figure out a way that you can work and live together without always killing each other. Mm-hmm. And you can see that in the beginning of her relationship, she really was pushing those guidelines. Like I think mm-hmm. there was that whole thing where she'd stolen something from Zan, and she's constantly pushing Aaron's buttons to see what's going to happen. So you can tell that even though she did understand that there were rules. I think that her, I think that her point still stands of, of kind of being like, well, it's one thing to, you know, steal Zan's stuff. It's another thing to tell you guys that I was a plague carrier for a little while in the nineties, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they've taken Dargo away and after John and Chiana have this conversation, they take John away, which is when we get that ugh eyeball scene. Ugh, the eyeballs. Oh, I'm just gonna keep groaning about that for the rest of my life because it's so I don't know. Yeah, well, and yeah. like the way he's positioned <laughs> is so funny because it's like super like either BDSM torturey. I don't know. It's like because uh, he's like he's like spread eagle with like this giant collar around his yeah ugh. anyway ugh. anyway but this is actually one of the funnier scenes well it's right before the eyeballs come out <laughs> but you get to see dargo mind cleanse and i'm just gonna play it because anthony simcoe you own my soul <laughs> 
The treatment will help you by removing all negative impulses. Tell him, Darker. Um, it's true, John. All the things I've done as a warrior, all the horrible thoughts I've had, all the cycles of my life, even about you, I am so sorry. That's okay, Darker. We'll talk later. Okay. Farscape is such a brilliant show. We have this super serious, emotional, just deep episode, and then you have these little gems of hilarity in there. That's Dargo crying in complete sincerity, completely out of character, and it is hysterically funny amidst all the other crap that's going on. <laughs> oh gosh, it's so good, and like I just love how. I, I love how it puts like this little bit of levity in an episode so far that's been like really dangerous and dark. And then mm-hmm. also just seeing Dargo like sobbing with how sorry he is. <laughs> <laughs> and John being all like, we can talk later, dude. Like now is not a good time because my eyeballs are about to be extracted. Yeah. Well, and also I think that the interesting thing about having Dargo have those moments of you know, oh, I'm really sorry for all the thoughts I've had about you, my friend, is is that we really have seen Dargo over the past few episodes. He has been increasingly less friendly. On edge. Yeah, yeah. On edge, less friendly, one of the two. Like his whole behavior with Stark, I think, is is borderline, not like unforgivable. That's not really the word I want to use, but something around there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And equally, he's been kind of on edge with anybody that dares suggest any suggestions about Jothy. So, yeah. Yeah, Dargo's been having a tough, tough couple episodes. So it is hilarious to see him <laughs> apologizing. Get this moment of, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and just Forgive like, me. the way he like claps his hands together. And he's like, <laughs> I am so sorry. And you're like, oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, it's pretty great. And then we get back to Sirius Town because Chiana gets pulled in for questioning. And this is where we get to the meat of what Varla and Milak want from her. And what they want is they want Neri because Neri has joined the resistance against the Nabari establishment, which has this grand plan for basically... I don't know if they're taking over the of parts of the galaxy, but they've got this really crazy sleeper cell thing going on that's tied to the contagion. So I'm going to let them explain it, and then we can go on a little bit more about Neri and his role in it. The establishment has sent out many messengers like you and Neri, spreading the contagion for nearly 20 cycles. The contagion spreads quickly. It shows no outward symptoms. It merely waits. Waits for what? A specific time, Gianna. Ordained by the establishment. We don't expect it to have infected entire civilizations. <laughs> Only enough to throw those worlds into chaos. So that when our emissaries arrive, they'll be met by minimal resistance. The contagion will take control of everybody it's infected all on the same day 
hopefully not too long from now. So that's the Nabari's grand plan. And I gotta say, it reminded me a lot of the accidental way that colonists to the New World, or what they were calling the New World, Cortez and Columbus and and those folks in the 15th century, basically accidentally used biological warfare and the diseases that they brought over that infected the indigenous peoples that wiped them out and destabilized them. And then that's how they were able to move in. And if you want a really good book about it, I'm recommending 1491 by Charles Mann, which goes into a lot of that. But it's like that sleeper cell mode of like, hey, we're going to we're going to be the big bads of the universe. And we've got this great plan and we're going to be patient for it. So we have this another patient villain. We've talked a lot about Scorpius being incredibly patient. And now we have an entire race of people who are nothing but calm and patient as they enact a really kind of terrible thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like, what if the Vulcans were super evil, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I think what I like about the plan is, is that you can see it working. You know, this is something that totally makes sense where you send out this virus and then at the right moment, you cause it to immobilize or, you know, turn a whole bunch of people to your side and then you're able to just walk in and walk into the palace and sit down on the throne and nobody will protest. Yeah. And also, this is one time when I really do wish we'd gotten to see the Nabari as a big bad. Like, I really wish we had gotten their season as like them with the as the big bads. I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but I guess it is. But we never really get to see the Nabari on such a grand scale like we do the Scarens or or the Peacekeepers. And it kind of bums me out because I'm like, I think they would be a pretty cool villain. Yeah, they would be. Yeah, that's one of one of the long disappointments of storylines that never got fully fleshed out and fulfilled. But we do. I do like that here in this episode, we get this depth to their backstory, like I was talking about at the beginning, because before the Nabari were just kind of like, oh, aliens that mind cleanse people. But no, they're this like empire and they have tentacles being spread out throughout the rest of the galaxy. And they're taken seriously because we get a quote from Rigel later on that will play that, you know, he's like, we're not going to win against these, against these guys. They're Nabari, you know, mm-hmm. you don't fuck around with Nabari. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, it's, you know, the small scale of the Moya crew. Like what's being talked mm-hmm. about here is empire building. And the Moya crew is, you know, six people. <laughs> <laughs> but one very important one yeah. who is Chiana. Chiana. And the reason that they want her is because they want Neri and they want to use her as leverage against Neri, who has become a leader in the resistance against the establishment and against this empire building. Mm -hmm. So suddenly Chiana is this linchpin Mm -hmm. and that's probably why Salas would had her too, even if she didn't know it then, you know, why she was an important, why she was an important prisoner to him. Mm -hmm. Oh, for certain. Yeah, because I think that that's kind of what comes out here is is earlier in the episode, Milak had said, "So you're the sister," and she's mm-hmm. kind of, and they're like, "What does he mean? You're the sister. You're the sister." They're trying to like puzzle it out like it was some code, and she was like, "I've only had one person that I've been a sister to, and it was Neri," and so you get the idea that Neri actually is a pretty big deal in the resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John has been mind cleansed and then all of a sudden he gets some ominous flashes of Scorpius being like, wake up. 
And it's very... Yes. And remember, Scorpius in his head. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another instance where Scorpius Harvey has saved John from dire circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't mention it in Won't Get Fooled Again, but I feel like the scariest part of Harvey is that in the episode where he's introduced, he literally shuts down John's brain functions. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes. He is at the switch. Yeah. So Harvey's like, wake up, wake up. And then John snaps out of it. He snaps out of the mind cleanse. Mm-hmm. And, at, and at first he goes to talk to Pilot because... As we said, Pilot uh, is incapable of being mind cleansed, but he has a collar around his neck. So he's trying to formulate a plan to save everybody with Pilot. Mm -hmm. And that's where he starts. And it's actually pretty hilarious because he walks into Pilot's den and Pilot's like, if you're here to tell me how great it is being (laughs) mind cleansed, you can get the heck out. (laughs) Yeah. During that conversation, too. Pilot says, yeah, I've got this frelling collar on. And, and John even makes a note of it. It's like, keep cursing, man. Because <laughs> I was, I made me think, have we heard, heard Pilot really swear before this episode? I can't remember if we have, because he's always so nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it's when that like super nice person at you know that you know from work all of a sudden like drops an f-bomb and you're like whoa okay (laughs) yeah so that's what happens with pilot he is really peeved off that he has this collar on him that he can't help anybody that they're stuck going to the nimpari outpost which is where varla has commanded him to go and yeah Mm -hmm. so he's like all in on whatever plan john comes up with john just has to come up with a plan Mm -hmm. and the one thing he does know is that chiana isn't mind cleansed so he knows pilot's not mind cleansed and chiana's not so then he stops by chiana's (laughs) he stops by chiana's cell runs into varla (laughs) and varla's like what are you doing and he's like oh amnexus fluid (laughs) he's got this surfer dude persona that he adopts as his mind cleanses persona it's actually kind of hilarious and so then chiana pings him to rigel because she's like well the the drug would need to be metabolized and so chiana is like a super smart cookie here and this i don't know it just goes again like i think that chiana is always so under under appreciated by her crewmates because of all of the Mm -hmm. other stuff that she pulls but i'm like she's pretty bright you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. So she's like, go find Rigel. And Rigel is, as you probably have guessed, or if you saw the episode, (laughs) he's eating. (laughs) And here's John as he walks in with what I'm sure is one of the the writers of the episode's favorite lines, because it's certainly one of my favorite lines. Hey, dude, how they hanging, man? Just, uh, Perfect. Thank you so much for your concern. Oh, munchies. Good idea, man. Don't eat so much, though. You'll balloose you out, cat. Hynerian physiology. Three stomachs? <laughs> oh, three stomachs? Well, hey, don't go away. Don't stop eating. What's the matter? Food doesn't taste good? <laughs> hey, three tummies, dude. You could be clean, man. <laughs> no, no, please don't tell him. Rigel, Rigel, please, calm down. Threaten. I don't want my eyes sucked out again. Frankie, shut I up. Like my eyes it's me. 
You mean you're not affected either? No, I'm not affected. Now keep your voice down. I've been having these... Uh, forget about that. Right now, we gotta do something, and I mean fast. We? Yes, you, me, and Pilot were the only ones who aren't Nabari puppets. I'm nobody's puppet! I don't know what you're suggesting, but I'm not angering these people. They're not mad at me, and that's how it's gonna stay. Buckwheat, I need your help. <laughs> I'm nobody's, I am nobody's puppet. puppet. I love it when they do puppet puns. Uh, I wonder best. how much fun they had filming that line. That was really good. Oh my god, so much. I love that John's way of telling everybody that he's not mind cleansed is mm-hmm. to hit him in the face. Because he does that with yep. Chiana too. <laughs> he punches her. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just like that scene between the two of them. Because it also shows their different ways of their different ways of getting out of situations. So John's is super active. He's like, okay, we have to get out of this. But you get the feeling that Rigel, Mm -hmm. because he has been in all of these important scenes, like he's there when they're interrogating Chiana. He is up on command Mm -hmm. later. You know, he's always kind of around. And you get the impression that he is just gathering intel so that when, so that he can be useful when the time comes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely playing his cards close to his chest and looking for the opportune mm-hmm. moment since I'm on a Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> kick. But so Rigel <laughs> sells them out. He sells out John like nobody's business because as John is threatening him, Milak walks in and Rigel immediately says, hey, John's not mind cleansed anymore. And so Milak... Yeah walks John back to Chiana's quarters and John assumes he's going to get remind cleansed or something. And instead, Milak has a present for Chiana that will only react to her DNA. And we find out that Milak is not who we think he is. Hey, little sister. I told you we'd see each other again. (laughs) Well, at least you're seeing me. A lot of things have changed since we saw each other last. I don't know how much you know about what it is I'm doing, but it's important work, very important. <laughs> work. You can believe I'd be doing something like that. I wish you could be part of it. But it's kind of dangerous. Wherever it is you are right now, you're probably better off there. Whoever gave you this image disc is one of my people. Treat them well, they're a friend. But they're also under my strictest orders not to take you to me. It's far too hazardous. Maybe someday when things get safer... Harry, they're coming. Look, I just wanted you to know that I'm alive and well. For now, at least. Keep yourself well hidden, little sister. And out of harm's reach. I love you dearly. The only thing that Mary cares more about than the resistance is you. You gotta get me out of here. Yeah, you gotta take me to him. You heard the message. He only wants you to know that he's alive. He doesn't want you to get involved in what we're doing. Oh, so the message is from Neri, and Shiana's face as she's watching it just breaks my heart every single time. I know, because she's crying, crying. 
Mm-hmm. It's really upsetting. And you can tell that she just wants to give her brother a hug or wants to be hugged by him and be with him again because she thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. She put this whole traumatic grieving process when she found out he was dead and now he's back and now he won't let her come to him. And it's just, ugh. Mm-hmm. Also, I do think it's kind of ironic that he thinks she'll be safer away from him and she's right? on Moya. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> Moya's a hundred percent safer. What with like the entire peacekeeper armada going after them? I know, right? Well, he doesn't know that. I guess we'll forgive him. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I guess because I mean, he probably assumes she's somewhere like on home on the remains, you know, somewhere small mm-hmm. scale where she's managed to scrape out a family for herself. And he's right; she has managed to scrape out a family, not yep. the safest family. <laughs> <laughs> nor the most emotionally available but you know they're working on it they're working on it i think that what i what i like here kind of goes back to my point at the beginning of the episode is that john is constantly pushing chiana to commit to be 100% herself and to you know have some skin in the game and here neri is essentially saying no 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 go be safe i don't want you anywhere near this big event i don't want you to be involved in this at all and i don't know i think it's just an interesting counterpoint yeah and i gotta say it's never been one of my favorite things that characters do or people do with people Mm -hmm. with people where they push away someone really close to them because they want them to be safe and I get the impulse, but it feels so disrespectful to the person being pushed away that, mm-hmm. like, you got to let them make their own choice, you know? And it's just going to make the situation worse. And lying to them about it or or saying they're not important enough or safe enough or whatever, it's just, I don't know, it just always pisses me off because it's like, you know what? you are not in charge of this other person. Like you can have an opinion, but it's really their own decision. You got to let them make that decision. And I think for me, that's the real difference between John's current relationship with Chiana and Neri's past relationship with Chiana. Cause he's still on that older brother pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't seen each other in several cycles at this point. Whereas John will let Chiana make the decisions and he'll vocally get upset about them and vocally like drag her out of situations when they get dicey. But he's not pushing her around the same way. And that's, as I said earlier, a result of trying to do that and failing and taking the stone and really coming to that understanding of of how to deal with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for certain. And I think that one of the interesting things about the, about the way that Neri does it is that it does feel super patronizing. Mm-hmm. And also, it also... <laughs> On the one hand, like, I get if you're the leader of the resistance, you probably don't want your family around just to, like, because what you're doing is dangerous. And if they get captured, then they can be used against you. But I'm also kind of, like, having her out randomly in space with, you know, several Nabari patrols apparently going after her is also pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like Varla's whole mission was to get Chiana. It's yeah. not like, oh, we're out here and we happen to see Chiana and so we're going to bring her in. I don't know. And you're right. I think that way, usually when they do stuff like that, when they do stuff of like, oh, I'm pushing you away for your own safety. It's for like a one-off character, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, oh, I care about you too much. So I'm going to push you away. And in this case, it's interesting because you see it from the other person's point of view. 
Like we're not yeah. seeing it from Neri's point of view. Like I'm sure if this was the Neri show, there would be a whole episode about how tragic it was that he had to tell his sister never to see him again. Right. <laughs> and you don't have the depth of relationship. But yeah, here we're with Chiana being pushed away with mm-hmm. her. And here's yeah. my other thing. I think she would make a pretty good agent. You know, we've oh, yeah. seen her we've seen her get in and out of dicey situations. We've seen her manipulate her way into the correct information. I don't know what he's on about. I think she would have been a great resistance member. Yeah, she would. She, she is a great infiltrator. I mean, look at how she performed during the Dream a Little Dream at the you know, infiltrating the gamut base when she was going in with John at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. No, she's, she does good in those kinds of situations. Yeah, for certain. And then whatever she did at the beginning of this episode, she clearly got the information she was after. Yeah. I think that I love this episode so much because I love most Chiana episodes. But yeah, this part always makes me mad because I'm like, ugh. It would be one thing if it was like, you can't come see me because there's a secret device that will kill both of us if we're in the same room. But I think it's another thing to be like, I think you're too much of a child right. to be right. in this resistance thing. Yeah. And I mean, I feel that way too, though. I, as I said, I, I do forgive Neri a little bit because they haven't seen each other in so long. But that was by design as well. I mean, he pushed her away earlier, too, and said, hey, I think I'm going to join this resistance thing. You cannot come with me. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't. She was off on her own. Mm-hmm. So Rigel thinks that John has been off mind cleansed. <laughs> he has not. Or again. <laughs> again. Yeah. He has not. So John and Pilot and Chiana have come up with this idea of pretending that there's a, a peacekeeper attack on the ship because they're hoping that that will cause Varla to allow them to starburst away because they are nervous for a few reasons. They're nervous because they're heading straight into Nabari clutches and they're also nervous because there's a peacekeeper patrol rolling around somewhere and they were the people that had destroyed Varla's crew. Oh, and also I want to point out, so Chiana has this whole thing where immediately after seeing the message, she turns to Milak and says, hey, you have to take me with you. And he's like, no, you heard him. I'm not going to. And also, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize the information I have. And John's like, wait, you're not going to help us? And he's like, nope, too bad. So sad. (laughs) Peace out, guys. Yeah, you're on your own. I won't sell you out, but you're on your own. So, so you know how we sometimes talk about the A team and the B team of the crew and like John, Aaron and Dargo and Zan are like the A team and then Rigel and Shiana are on team B. So this is kind of a little bit of a mixture because you have John and then you have Shiana and Rigel and Pilot who are his helpers. And in this case, you know, really Pilot is doing the heavy lifting. And I got to say, he does a hell of a job faking a <laughs> peacekeeper attack on Moya. It's pretty great. It's I so think he awesome. Had a lot of fun programming. <laughs> He's got a message of grace <laughs> on there, and I was trying to think because there's one episode a while back where there, where one of the plans is to fake a peacekeeper attack, and then pilots like, no, wait, there really is a peacekeeper ship out there. No, that's which this episode is that? No, no, no. There's another one. It happened a while back, and I can't remember which one it was. It was like a little bit thing, and I. I can't remember. I mean, are you sure you're not thinking of the one where where Aaron has to pretend that Grace has given up on the bounty? Because that's from the Bounty Hunter episode where she reprograms. Maybe the, it might be that one. She reprograms. No, it. it's a ship because the pilot says it. <sighs> says it. No, there's really a peacekeeper attack. 
I don't know. I just thought it was from this episode. No, there's another one because I remember t- noting that and thinking it was funny. Um, anyway, if you if you out there remember what it is, tell us. If not, we can we'll figure it out. But yeah, we um, might have an announcement next episode. <laughs> Are you sure? Episodes, Let me think. What yeah. would it have been? I mean, it wasn't PK Tech Girl. No, I got nothing. Yeah, I could. I could have sworn it was just this episode. No, I think there's another one because I remember talking about it. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's going to drive me nuts now. I know. Um, so the plan is to fake a peacekeeper attack from this this patrol and get them to starburst away. And it's there's this whole confrontation in command where Gianna gets herself into command because it has to be manually triggered because the drds are all shut down so john has to have a reason to go to command where varla is and the way to do that is gianna has to get varla to command and she does it by saying okay i'll tell you where neri is and then there's this whole and while she's doing that john and rigel are fixing the wiring so that pilot can do his whole charade and they have to knock out Aaron and Dargo who come to check up on them and are still cleansed and there's a nice little scene between John and Rigel where Rigel ends up <laughs> saving the day by dropping the electrical circuits and creating a circuit and basically electrocuting Dargo and Aaron. <laughs> anyway, all this stuff going on and the the main climax of it all really is Chiana getting like the torture collar shocked on her so many times and so many times and Varla just going overboard like above and beyond what she should be doing as a good Nabari right mm-hmm. and there's a physical confrontation pilot has things blowing up everywhere because he's doing a really awesome simulation and John is like Milak you have to choose you have to put some skin in this game and choose between saving Chiana and saving Varla in your cover and that's what it all comes down to. Mm-hmm. And Milok ultimately sides with Chiana and John. Mm-hmm. I want to go back for a second because Rigel had had sold John out earlier. And then when John comes to find him again, it's really interesting to me because Rigel's whole thing is that he wants to become a Hynerian Dominar again. Mm-hmm. And when John essentially confronts him, he's like, what's your plan here? And Rigel's like, well, they're not, they don't mind cleanse people that don't fall in line. So I'm just going to fall in line. And it really reminded me of the Rigel we saw from Look at the Princess because mm-hmm. the Rigel that was cold, calculating, and and even the Rigel from, you know, the very, very beginning of the series, the Rigel that was like, okay, I'm going to take this really bad situation and I'm going to get out because I'm a survivor, you know? Yeah. And like that yeah. being how he defines himself is not by being a crewmate and a friend, but by being a survivor. Yeah. And it's also interesting during that conversation that this is where he says, these are the Nabari. Like he says, Nabari. <laughs> and it's like, he knows these, he's heard of these people before. He knows they are a formidable enemy and he does not want to mess around with them. And so he's going to play their game in order to survive the encounter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember then Chiana says that the Nabari were the ones that opened up, oh, what was it, a wormhole or something or a black hole in space, something like that? Sucked out a whole bunch of planets? Yeah, they were like some weapons testing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're also the ones that destroyed the Zalbinian in PK Tech Girl. 
mm-hmm. uh, Durka's ship, and that's how they captured Durka. So yeah, they're not messing around at all, mm-hmm. and that's something that Rigel knows. And I think that's another interesting world-building note that we never see them on mass. We never see them at the grand scale. We just see them in these microcosms and these this episode and Durka returns, and we only have a fractional glimpse of what they're really like, mm-hmm. except all these little little pieces that get dropped to say, hey, these are some serious contenders in the galaxy world order. Mm-hmm. Galactic world order. Anyway, <laughs> something like that. So they're in the middle of this fake peacekeeper attack, which, like we said, Pilot's doing an amazing job. He has Bylar Kreis show up, and Kreis is all like, is all like, you know, I am Captain Bylar Kreis. And I'm like, ah. I don't know why I always say Bylar Crace. I think because like <laughs> you could say Crace, but when you say like Bylar Crace, it makes him sound more important. Anyway, so John says to Pilot, terminate the program, terminate the program. And Pilot does. At first, Pilot's like, I can't. It's real. And then John's like, no, for real, Pilot, terminate the program. <laughs> and the funny thing was earlier in the episode, John had essentially told Gianna, it's going to be so real. It's going to be realer than real. It's going to be smell-o-vision real. But you kind of got, you're like, okay, well, I mean, how real could it be really be and when the pilot goes all out pilot goes like all out there are like things blowing up the ship is shaking and yeah. like i think john thought that like they were just gonna have some scans or something <laughs> that, <laughs> that like oh the peacekeepers are nearby <laughs> yeah and actually you can see john's eyes go super wide as he can't tell whether it's real or not mm-hmm yeah but then pilot terminates and they're back in empty space. <laughs> yep. And that's when, when Varla really goes to town and that's when Milak has to make his choice about who he's going to really support in this confrontation. And he chooses to shoot Varla, kill her, though she does have a last gasp of recognition that he betrayed her. And that's that's how it all kind of ends up with Milak, who is now going to say going to continue on his mission and try to get away with saying, hey, everyone else got killed in this attack that we had. And we do have like a really good ending for that because like we said, I think that John here has kind of had to act like the older brother and it's a much different older brother than Chiana actually has because her real older brother is, you know, the protective older brother. He's your stereotypical overprotective I won't let my sister do anything that might get her hurt overprotective. And John is the older brother that's like, eh, she'll probably be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I dropped her that one time. No big deal. But so Gianna comes to Milak and is essentially begging him to take her with him. And he's like, no, it would jeopardize my mission. I'm not going to do that. And so she and John end up having this like really good conversation at the end of the episode. And it's painful and it hurts but it i think it says good things about both their characters i'm coming with you nary asked me not to bring you he's my leader i do what he says no hey hey, hey. nary doesn't know what he's talking about all right i'm three cycles younger than him and i had to teach him how to how to cinch his shoes i figure if i limp across the nabari boundary and tell him we were attacked and everybody else was killed they might believe me And I still have information vital to the resistance. But I want to help! Chiana, he's right. It's for the best. If you go into Nabar territory, you will be recognized and arrested. 
Nurse alive. I just... I want to see him. I understand. But you cannot compromise what he's doing. Your brother's alive. He's alive. Take that. more than you had yesterday. I want to go to him. I know. But since when do people like us get what we want? Oh. Since when do people like us get what we want? That's what just kills me about this. Uh. Because Moya's crew is, they're always on their back foot. They're constantly fighting for survival in so many different ways like finding food is a priority you know they have no money they are on the run from the peacekeeper armada in scorpius and they take what they can get and he gets that and chiana's whole life has been like that and it's just that sentiment that we must do what we can with what we have and take what we can get that you know your brother is alive and you and take that and be thankful for it because who knows what's going to happen next. I feel like it's so sensitive to who they both are because John is a guy that has literally not had been able to stop running. He's not been able to relax. He's not been able to be safe since the launch of the Farscape project. Mm-hmm. Like essentially daily since then, there's been something going on. <laughs> and Chiana is the same way, I think more of her own creation <laughs> yeah. than whereas John seems mostly accidental. John's is like, the universe is out to get me. And Chiana is like, I get bored easily. <laughs> <laughs> Let's create some chaos. But I think that, I think that that line really gets that kind of the string that connects everybody on Moya together. They are not the people that get what they want. <laughs> and they that's really going to be a through line pretty much through the whole series because it kind of is this feeling of even when they get something that they thought they wanted, it's not going to be right. For example, Chiana wanted her brother not to be dead. <laughs> her brother isn't dead. But she doesn't get to be with him, you yeah. know? Well, it really reminded me also of the sentiment in Through the Looking Glass, mm. where one of Chiana's lines is actually, you know, I want to get off this ship. Everything's going crazy. I need to bail. I only want to be with you on your good days. Mm -hmm. And John's reply is, this is one of the good days. Mm -hmm. They're in the constant flux of what's safe and what's not safe and they're stuck in situations and they're stuck apart from their loved ones and they have no real way of getting back to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I want to go back because again, sorry guys, <laughs> sorry listeners. <laughs> I want to go back again because I was building up to this and then I can, we completely forgot to play the quote. But so <laughs> after Milak shoots Varla, Pilot comes back on the screen and everything is kind of calming down because now nobody's trying to kill Chiana. They kind of <laughs> the big reveal is done. And Pilot comes back on the clamshell and it's so adorable. Cause like we said, he did like A plus A V effort. <laughs> His A V skills were amazing. He was club president in this episode. <laughs> hey Pip, you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Did that work for you? I thought it worked. Definitely. Yeah, pilot. You're the best. <laughs> pilot seeking validation for his skills at master manipulation. I love you, Pilot. (laughs) (laughs) He's so adorable in this episode, though. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so frustrated and angry with the the Nabari, and then he's got a plan, and he's going to have everyone help him do the plan, and then he goes overboard with it. It's it's pretty fantastic, actually. Pilot gets an A-plus this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where the episode leaves us. Not with the pilot thing, but with Chiana and John realizing that they're never going to get what they want. Mm-hmm. And I also like going back again to John's comment that, you know, you have to let Milak go and fulfill his mission and let Neri fulfill his mission. And I like that he's sensitive to the work that they're doing mm-hmm. and understanding that they really cannot deal with the distraction of having Chiana be a liability for them. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And I, I, even though I don't like that she is pushed away, at the same time, that is where they are, you know? Mm-hmm. Neri cannot do the job that he needs to do if Chiana is constantly in danger where he has to worry about her. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to Milak's quote, the only thing he cares about more is you. Mm-hmm. And I like that John is sensitive to that. I'm like still really bummed that, I don't know. <laughs> Chiana's she, not part of the resistance. I know. Chiana would have been an awesome part of the resistance. But then she's not going to be on our crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to lose her. I wouldn't. I yeah, would no, I under, not I totally, lose her. <laughs> I totally get that, too. But at the same time, there's there's a recognition of how the situation actually is, mm-hmm. as opposed to the way you or I or Chiana wants it to be. Yeah, that's you true. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole thing of, you know, we don't get what we want. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. What would you give this episode? I love this episode, like a 4.5. Yeah, it's up there, 4.55 for me. Mm-hmm. It's just so well put together, and there's not a lot of a wasted time on there. Dargo and Zan and Aaron are pretty sidelined, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that would put it in the 4.5 area. But yeah, it's a really solid episode. No, I mean, I would, I, I would honestly go as high as a 5 with this. It's so good, but it's like... I feel like for me, this is one of, this is one of their like strong, strong Farscape episodes. Like this is the episode that you would, if somebody was like, oh, I only have enough time to watch like five episodes from season two, you would be like, yeah, okay. You'd be like, okay, well you actually need to watch seven because you need to watch all three. (laughs) Look at the princesses. (laughs) You need to watch Clockwork Navari and then you need to watch all three liars, guns and money or liars, guns and money, guns and money episodes. So that's going to be seven. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. On Wardrobe Watch, Chiana is back in her, it's another gray outfit, but it's the one that has kind of the stripy things. It's a little bit more, I don't know, it looks a little bit more elegant and refined as opposed to her more patchy Mm -hmm. outfit. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is pretty much in their normal attire. And then we have our two Nabari who are covered in blood as well. Mm-hmm. And we learn that Nabari bleed blue. I guess we we must have known that though, because she gets shot in Durka Returns. Yeah, and when she cuts herself open for the for the life disc and taking the stone, it's also blue. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, self. That was not a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We always learn new things from new epi- from new episodes. All right. So next week 
We are going to be watching Liars, Guns, and Money Part 1. So we are in the Season 2 home stretch. We are four episodes from the end of Season 2. And this is the beginning of the final arc. Yeah. We've been building up to it. And it is fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. And we would love to hear what you guys are thinking, either about episodes that we've done or about episodes that are coming up. We would love to attach it to either the end of our episode or if you have some season two thoughts, we would love to do a clip show of what you guys are thinking about season two. So please record a voice memo or an MP3. We take any sort of file that we can listen to and email it to us at farscapefridaypodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to write us an email that we read on our podcast, we can do that too. And in addition to our email address, we are a Farscape Friday podcast at Tumblr and on Dreamwith, and we are at Farscape Friday on Twitter. So have a wonderful week and try not to watch all three Liars, Guns, and Money on the same day. You can totally watch them all on the same day. We'll just be doing them one, at a, one week at a time. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.